1: Well, Oregon might have missed the first time around on a number of big time recruits, but we all know with recruiting, it's not over until it's over, which is why today we're taking a look at the top five flip candidates for Oregon in the 2024 class. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How are we living? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast, your premier podcast for all things Oregon recruiting and Oregon football. It is Wednesday, August 16th, 2023, and we are one day closer to the start of the 2023 football season, whether that's high school ball or college ball, we're talking Ducks and Dan Lanning. But there is plenty of stuff to get into on today's episode of the podcast. In case you're new here, I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks over on Fan Nation. Glad to have you guys along, however you're tuning in, whether it's your podcasting platform of choice or you're tuned in here on video at Oregon Football Max Torres. Reminder to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you're tuning in to today's episode. So... Oregon's 2024 recruiting class currently ranks number 12 in the country, according to two, four, seven sports, number one class in the pac 12, but a lot of people now seeing some people in my comments talking about Oregon's ranking in the big 10, seeing that that's where they're going to be playing in 2024. So We will be talking. I just did actually talk about what Oregon's move to the Big Ten means for the Ducks on the recruiting trail in yesterday's episode. So go ahead and give that a watch. Give it a listen if you haven't already. The summer was kind of a mixed bag for Oregon in a couple of ways when you're looking at recruits in the 2024 recruiting class. A number of top guys announced their commitments to schools not named Oregon. Which on the surface is bad news and certainly can sting a little bit for Duck fans. But like I said in the intro, it's not over until it's over. It's not over until pen meets paper. So, in today's episode of the pod, I'm going to be giving you a look at five of the top flip candidates for Oregon here in the 2024 class. And we've seen some drama. We saw the number one defensive lineman in the country, Williams Winery from Lee Summit North High School in Missouri, announced that he would be staying home to play his college football earlier this week for the Missouri Tigers. Huge win for Eli Drinkowitz and that coaching staff. So there's been no shortage of storylines. There's always drama when it comes to the recruiting trail. And um, Oregon's already been involved with a little bit of that themselves. Recently landing Dakota Fields, who flipped his commitment from the hometown USC Trojans to the Oregon Ducks. So we will surely be seeing some more drama and some more fireworks between now and the early signing period in December. But let's not waste any more time. Let's not dabble. Let's get right into our first guy that we're looking at today. And that is 2024 Santa Ana, California, modern day running back Nate Frazier. Nate Frazier just made a verbal commitment to Kirby Smart and the defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. But he is the first player I'm going to be talking about on today's episode of the podcast. Talking about running backs for Oregon in the 2024 class, the Ducks already hold a commitment from uh, Washington, D.C. St. John's running back, Dejon Riggs. But for my money, I bet that Carlos Lachlan would love to add another talented ball carrier in this class. And if you're looking at the 24 haul, the 2024 crop of talent, there are not really too many that are better than Nate Frazier, just an absolutely elite running back in nearly every sense of the word. To give you a rundown on what he's, uh, what his profile is, he's listed at five 5'11", 208 pounds on 247 Sports, uh, rated a number... Rated, excuse me, the number 51 prospect nationally, the number four running back, and the number four recruit in the state of California. Rated a number, sorry, rated a four-star prospect on the 247 Sports Composite 0.9715. So why am I listing Nate Frazier as one of the top candidates to flip to Oregon, or I should just say one of Oregon's top flip candidates I want to be very clear in this episode that I'm not predicting any of these players to flip, but rather I think guys that Oregon has the best chance to flip. If we're talking about players that they're going to continue to stay involved with players that they're going to continue to do their homework on, maybe try to get them out to Eugene on campus for a game this season. And Nate Frazier is one of those guys. He is, was, and still is, in my opinion, Oregon, uh, Carlos Lachlan's top running back target here in the 24 class. And if you flip on the tape and you're watching on my YouTube channel here now, it's not too hard to see why he's got great home run speed. He's got great short area burst, agility, strength, uh, ability to keep the run going, stay on his feet, can can impact the game out of the backfield as a receiver as well. And this is a guy who is hardly Scratched the surface of his potential. I covered Frazier a number of times last year on the ground in the Southern California area at modern day games, and then I even talked to Coach Bruce Rollinson, former head coach Bruce Rollinson, who is now retired, and he talked about just how Nate has no idea how good he is. And Frazier's decision, he made it from a top four that included Oregon, Georgia. Uh, Alabama and Texas A&M I believe were his four finalists but this really did look like it was a battle between Oregon and Georgia so I think anytime you get down to that few amount of schools I think that you have to at least keep trying and stay in contact with Frazier I know he loved Carlos Laughlin loves Carlos Laughlin and spoke glowingly about Dan Lanning's Oregon football program every time I talked to him Uh, From the moment he got offered by the Ducks in in the fall all the way up to his commitment, he's a West Coast guy, Southern California guy, an area that Oregon has extensive ties to across its coaching staff and its roster. So it's even though it's a flip that you would have to, it's a guy you would have to flip away from the Georgia Bulldogs. I think that Frazier is still a, a realistic selection on this list, partially because of geography partially because of Carlos Lachlan's ability as an elite relationship builder and developer of running backs. His track record speaks for itself, and I think he might be one of the undervalued members of this this Oregon coaching staff. He is just an absolute gem, and Oregon's running backs are going to be elite as long as he is at the helm. So as far as other little tidbits on Oregon's running back picture here in the 2024 class, I think Jason Brown out of Seattle, Washington, O'Day, is probably one of those top targets, probably the top uncommitted target for Oregon right now, as it stands in the 2024 class. He's looking at schools like Michigan State, Louisville, Arizona, and Washington. So we'll have to see if Kalen if, uh, DeBoer and the hometown Huskies turn turn it up in their pursuit of Jason Brown Jr. But I think that he is probably the top uncommitted back. That Oregon is going after right now. He was recently in Eugene for the Saturday night live camp. So there's that recent visit that's playing into Oregon's favor. Uh, But I think that Oregon would definitely love to flip Nate Frazier, uh, especially when you're looking at the running back picture moving forward. Bucky Irving probably going to the league. Noah Whittington might try to go to the league. So if you find yourself in that scenario, you're looking at a spot where Oregon could be without two of its backs from the 2023 season and you have Jordan James, Dante Dowdell, and Jaden Lamar waiting in the wings. But like I said at the top of the episode, I think that Lachlan and company would love to sign two backs if they, can, uh, if they can make the numbers work for them in their favor. All right, so that's Nate Frazier, who we just hit on. And now we're going to be talking about another big name, and we might as well just stay in the SEC we're looking at another Georgia commit. that is Conroe, Texas, Oak Ridge linebacker Justin Williams. Justin Williams is the talk of the talk when it comes to linebacker recruits here in the twenty twenty four class. Two four seven sports lists him at six foot two, two hundred and five pounds, and he is rated a five star prospect on the composite zero point nine nine five two ranked the number 11 player in the country, the number one linebacker, and the number three recruit in the state of Texas. And Williams is probably the freakiest linebacker that you're going to find in this 2024 class. Sammy Brown, who is committed to Clemson, is another guy that you probably want to mention in that conversation coming out of the Peach State in Georgia. A lot of people were shocked when Sammy Brown committed to Clemson. And honestly, that might have been a big part of the dominoes that fell in Justin Williams' recruitment. A lot of these top guys, they all relish competition, but when Sammy Brown Jr., probably the top linebacker in the state of Georgia, decided not to play for Kirby Smart, I think that just made him that much more of a priority for Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs. And why, again, are we listing a Georgia commit? a guy that's going to be very, very difficult to flip. Well, his decision came down to Oregon and Georgia. So anytime you're in that top two, really even top five, but in this situation, top two, you more or less had a 50-50 shot to pull this one off. I think that they definitely have a chance to stay alive here with Justin Williams. Like I said, with Nate Frazier, Oregon has a bunch of ties to that Southern California area Oregon has a lot of ties to the state of Texas. I'm not saying they have more ties to the state of Texas than Georgia, but they certainly are alive and well in the Lone Star State. Um, You have Tyler Dean who served with Marshall Malko uh, on the Texas A&M recruiting staff. So he has ties in Texas. You have Will Stein, the new offensive coordinator for Oregon, who is from the state of Texas. And definitely some more uh, that I'm probably not even mentioning here, but Another reason I think that Oregon could potentially flip Justin Williams is because of how much interest he had in the Ducks. I think he took five or six trips out to Eugene. There was even some buzz that he might commit to Oregon back in the fall. But as you know, things change. Dominoes fall. Um, Trips happen. There's a a, a variety of factors that go into any commitment. But for for my money, I think that Oregon is absolutely going to stay involved with Justin Williams as long as he's willing to listen, because this former safety is as athletic as you'll find. He's mean, he flies to the ball, and he would just be a massive addition for the Ducks in this 2024 recruiting class. I think when I'm looking at what his commitment could potentially mean for Oregon, uh, it would only carry more weight because now it would come in the flipping fashion uh, I kind of put him on the same level just in terms of a recruiting statement as I would Mateo Uyangalele from St. John Bosco in the 2023 recruiting class. The Ducks were able to beat out USC and Ohio State for that commitment. So even though Justin Williams is rated higher, ranked higher, I think that that is a commitment that would carry similar weight to that of Mateo in 2023, that kind of recruit that you bring Dan Lanning and Tosh LePoy to Oregon to land. That said, Dan Lanning and Tosh Lepoy's track record with top defensive products, defensive recruits, is another thing that I think keeps Oregon alive here. Look at what Dan Lanning helped Georgia do with that 2021 defense. Look at guys like Nicobe Dean, Quay Walker in the league. Uh, I was talking about how Dylan Williams told me that's kind of what Oregon wants him to be in their 2024 class, but... The point I'm making here is that the Ducks coaches have a long track record of success and development and putting guys in the NFL at Williams' position. Georgia does it better, don't get me wrong, but Dan Lenny definitely played a huge role in what they were able to achieve in Athens in that 2021 season. So he's using that on the recruiting trail as ammunition, as tools in his tool belt to help bring elite talent, the best of the best, to Eugene. One thing that's different about Oregon's potential flip efforts compared to Frazier with Justin Williams, Justin Williams already has a teammate with him from his high school at Oak Ridge committed in Georgia's 2024 class. I'm talking about a huge defensive lineman, Joseph Jonah Ajonie. He's also committed to Georgia, and he even said Um, when he committed to Georgia that Justin Williams played a big role in his commitment to the Bulldogs and Justin Williams wasn't even committed yet at the time that uh, just Joseph Jonah Ajonye made his decision so that might be kind of a de facto or at least on the surface a package deal Oregon did recruit Joseph Jonah Ajonye in this 24 class before he committed to Georgia hosted him on campus for for at least one visit so there was definitely some strong mutual interest there and they were a finalist in that recruitment. But I think that having a teammate that's already committed to play with you is going to make it a little bit harder to pry Justin Williams away from Athens and Georgia. So that's an interesting one they've, they were on Justin Williams for so, so long before he committed to Georgia. So I think that they're at least going to stay in the picture. And I think he is going to be a tough flip, but it's for sure someone that you have to have to keep your eyes on in this class. Moving right along, talking about our next player in Oregon's top five flip candidates in the 2024 recruiting class. This one might upset fans a little bit, but this is why you stay involved. We're talking about five-star Tucson, Arizona, South Point Catholic, edge rusher, Elijah Rushing. A lot of fans got really fixated and continue to get fixated on signing five stars. And I can understand why, right? Look, look at this coaching staff. Look at what Oregon's been able to do. Look at the move to the big 10. You should be getting five stars every cycle. The ducks were able to get jury on Dickey last cycle. Mateo Uyangalele was a five star at one point on two four seven. And then he lost it towards the the end of his high school career and, and dropped down to, a four-star, but before rushing committed to Arizona, choosing Arizona over the Oregon Ducks, he was probably the most likely five-star to commit to Oregon in, in this class. And then Arizona really turned it up late in his recruitment, sold that hometown hero aspect, and ultimately Jed Fish and company were the call. Um, but... I think that Oregon might have a chance to stay alive here. If you look back at the commitment video for Elijah Rushing, I think there was something that really stood out to me. It was that essentially his entire commitment was scripted, even potential follow-up questions. And I've been doing this thing for a long time, and I just think that that kind of vibe and just the demeanor that he had when he made that decision kind of made me think that maybe his heart wasn't completely in it kind of made me think that that guy wanted to be a duck. So I don't want to, you know, paint anybody in a bad light by any means. Uh, you know, every recruit has to do what's best for them and, and and their family and their situation, but go back and give that video a, a watch and see if you know what I'm talking about because Oregon led for so long and then the last week or so, Arizona kind of started to started to uh, get a lot of the discussion, get a lot of the talks.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a US-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone all backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. So why else am I talking about Elijah rushing? Well, I think another reason I'm talking about Elijah rushing is because he is one of the few edge rushers that Oregon has really prioritized here in the 2024 cycle. And some more dominoes have fallen even since he committed, right? You saw Colin Simmons... Uh, I think he's the number one edge rusher, according to 247 Sports, out of Duncanville, Texas. He announced his commitment to Texas and cut Oregon out of his finalists, narrowing that one down to Texas, LSU, and Miami, I believe. So that was a domino that fell. I also had reported that Jordan Ross was was a guy that Oregon was really trying to make waves with, an edge rusher, a five-star guy, five-star caliber guy out of Birmingham, Alabama. But he was trying to come out for a visit this summer, Ultimately didn't happen. I was told by a source that it was because of technical difficulties with the plane. So that would have been a big, big trip for Oregon to get him on campus. Now it sounds like schools like Florida, schools like Tennessee, Josh Heupel and the Volunteers are definitely solidifying themselves as major contenders on the recruiting trail. Schools like that that are much closer to home are becoming more realistic options at this point compared to Oregon in his recruitment. Doesn't have a decision date. Um, and Oregon is still considered a top school as far as what he most recently released but I think basically what I'm saying is that I don't feel as confident about Oregon's chances with Jordan Ross now. So given the fact that some of these edge rushers that Oregon recruited in the 2024 class have committed elsewhere or maybe are trending elsewhere, I think you got to stay involved with Elijah rushing because he is that caliber of athlete at six foot six. 251 pounds, according to 247. That's what he's listed at. Five-star caliber guy, 0.9860, number 28 player in the country, number three edge rusher, and the number one player in Arizona. Six foot six, 250 pounds along the defensive line of scrimmage. That's not a kind of guy that you typically find out West. Sounds like cliche, but it really is true. So what does that mean? It means that when those guys pop up, when you see those guys and you offer them, and they reciprocate a lot of that interest. You got to keep going, even though he's committed to Arizona. He's really the the clat the face of this class. As Jed Fish and the Wildcats look to lock down top in-state talent, also flipping Demond Williams, a quarterback from Basha High School, from his commitment to Old Miss and Lane Kiffin. They got some juice right now in their home state, but Oregon is going to stay involved in the state of Arizona. And I was told by a source that uh, when this commitment happened, that they were not going to stop recruiting him. So I think that that just speaks to the kind of caliber of a player he is. And I also think kind of the bigger picture, the bigger vision that he could potentially fit into at Oregon for head coach Dan Lanning and the rest of that coaching staff. I think one other thing to mention here while we're talking about edge rushers, there's probably only one other edge rusher that I'm pretty confident Oregon is – is prioritizing here in the 2024 class. And that is Solomon Williams out of Tampa, Florida. Carrollwood Day, 6'3", 250-pound edge, 46 reported offers. Recently just got bumped up to four-star status by 247. So Oregon and Alabama are some schools that have been heavily uh, mentioned in that recruitment. I personally haven't been able to talk to Solomon Williams, but he is definitely a guy that uh, I would love to interview And at the very least, it looks like from social media postings that that he is definitely feeling that love from the Ducks. The Ducks have a leak, Terry, on their staff that gives them uh, some connection to the Sunshine State, Williams' home state of Florida. But if you're looking at guys that, that Oregon traditionally, I think, has had a pretty good success rate in terms of recruiting, I think Elijah rushing as a West Coast guy, certainly in the state of Arizona, which has been a priority for the Ducks in recent recruiting cycles, I think that he is someone that you have to mention here as a potential flip candidate for the ducks. Uh, If you can get him back on campus, I think that would be a tremendous step in the right direction. But for now you just got to keep communicating with that guy and and make him make him realize why he fell in love with Oregon in the first place and and why Oregon is the place for him. Uh, I wrote about it in my piece over on ducks digest, but I think Oregon can sell development, a path to the NFL a whole heck of a lot more than Arizona can. If he goes to Arizona, sure, he can be a great player and everything, but I don't think that Arizona is built to compete for the same kind of things that Oregon is. Uh, With their move to the Big 12, we know that that was kind of a a secondary move compared to the Big 10. So it's, it's a basketball school, right? I mean, people know that. I'm not trying to say that Arizona is some horrible team by any means. I'm not trying to say that I'm actually really encouraged by the direction that jet fish is taking this program, but Arizona has pretty much never been a football school. Basketball has always dominated the athletics landscape in Tucson. And I think that was a, a big driver in their move to the big 12, to be honest, if we're looking at just big time basketball matchups. So I think that's part of the reason things like that, I guess maybe I'm negatively recruiting for Ari- you know, against Arizona here, but I think that Oregon really is the better fit if you're looking at working with Dan Lanning, working with Tosh Lapoy, and playing with elite caliber recruits uh, that you just frankly won't be seeing at Arizona. Things could change, sure, but I expect for Oregon to—I expect Oregon to be uh, a significantly stronger recruiting power than Arizona for the foreseeable future. All right, who else do we have here on our flip candidates? Talked about three defensive guys. Now I'm going to jump onto the offensive side of the ball and and talk about some players on that side of the side of the ball. Another commitment that is pretty fresh, but we're going to have to talk about it. 2024 St. Louis, Missouri Christian brothers, wide receiver, Jeremiah McClellan just announced his commitment to the um, Ohio state Buckeyes over the weekend. And that's one that I think makes a lot of sense right? If you're a receiver and you're looking to play big time college football, it's, it's hard to pass up Ryan day, hard to pass up Brian Hartline and that tradition that they have of elite wide receivers at Ohio state. Certainly a school that I think claims the wide receiver U title right now, but why am I listing him as a guy that could be a potential flip candidate for Oregon? Well, Not only was Oregon one of the three hats on the table decision came down to Ohio state, LSU and Oregon. But I think that junior Adams is a tremendous recruiter. And, and this is another guy that Oregon is going to continue to stay involved with. He was supposed to visit for Saturday night live in late July, but that visit ultimately fell through. Uh, It was a visit that he wanted to take, but there were just some other things that came up is, is what I was told by a source. So Jeremiah McClellan is just a unique kind of player and obviously his body of work has netted him all American status and 43 reported offers, but he is, he is one of those guys that I think truly stands out among the elite wide receivers in the country that Oregon has competed for and will continue to compete for listed at six foot, 190 pounds by two four seven. He's ranked the number 100, 108 player in the country, number 14 wide receiver, and the number four recruit in a loaded state of Missouri this cycle. Um, always Also features Ryan Wingo and Williams Wineri. Uh Wingo could be trending to the Tigers now after the Tigers landed Winnery earlier this week. But McClellan's just a standout player, and I think that part of what makes him unique is the – kind of physical type of football that he plays. I think that Oregon's 2024 wide receiver hall right now is, is pretty solid with, with guys like Jack Ressler, Dylan Gresham and, and Jordan Anderson, all verbally committed and all coming from the state of California. But not only do you want to sprinkle in some, some geographical diversity showing that you're a national brand. I think you also just want to look for different types of wide receivers. What's what are those things that make Dylan Gresham special is his speed Jordan Anderson. I think he's a playmaker and a technician, but neither of those guys are very physically imposing. Um, and I think that that's kind of what Jeremiah McClellan can, can bring to the table here. Um, you know, six foot 190 pounds, like I mentioned, probably some more space to, to add to that frame. Maybe he's playing at six foot and, and North of 200 pounds by the time he gets to college. Um, and I just think that you want to add a, 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 a diverse skill set at your wide receiver position here in the 2024 class. St. Louis has also been uh, an increasingly um, important pipeline for the Ducks. Uh, they do have a commitment from St. Louis here in the 24 cycle in Hazelwood Central defensive lineman Tiony Gray, who flipped his commitment from guess where the Missouri Tigers earlier this year. So not only would it be great for Jeremiah McClellan to commit to Oregon so that the Ducks can have a a, a really powerful and imposing passing attack for years to come. If you get a commitment from Jeremiah McClellan, you are pushing deeper and deeper into that St. Louis area, which is loaded every single year. And Dan Lanning, he might be part of what makes the difference in this recruitment, that Missouri factor. He's from Kansas city himself. So I think that that's certainly something that you have to monitor in this recruitment. I've talked about, previous relationships with James Madison, who's committed to Missouri. Uh, He's also a Kansas city native along with Dan Lanning. He plays his high school ball for St. Thomas Aquinas out in Fort Lauderdale, but he spoke glowingly about his relationship with Dan Lanning. James Madison did and saying it might be one of the closest he has with a head coach. So maybe Dan Lanning can try to use that to get back into this McClellan recruitment a little bit. And we also have to talk about the big 10 move for Oregon here with Jeremiah McClellan, because in the, the, the weeks and the days leading up to this recruitment, I have one source close to close to Oregon tell me that, um, that part of what was creating some hesitation for the parents was the distance. So now you see a perfect opportunity for Oregon to market that move to the Big Ten because that's going to be more games being played closer to home, closer to St. Louis. Um, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see how much of a factor that can really – come for Oregon in their pursuit of Jeremiah McClellan. Uh, But it's certainly worth mentioning, especially after Dakota Fields, Oregon's newest 2024 commit, said that the move to the Big Ten was the green light for him. So maybe that could be the case with Jeremiah McClellan. Who knows? I think that this recruitment is is, is far from over, and he's going to continue to get interest from Oregon. So as long as he's willing to listen, you definitely have to continue reaching out, continue communicating with him, keeping that relationship strong. And then I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up popping up in Eugene for a visit sometime this season, especially because that last visit fell through. So maybe if I'm Morgan, I'm saying, Hey man, you know, congrats on your decision. Uh, I know you were going to come out for a visit and and that wasn't able to happen, but we'd love to get you out here and um, just host you again and really give you that full Austin experience during the season. Um, And I don't think he took, I don't, he might've taken his official visit to Oregon, uh, in, in June, I know it was. Uh, I know was, he was on campus in June. But case in point, Oregon would love to get him back out there. They could probably spin it as, "Hey, we just want to make sure you're making the right decision. So just hear us out for one more trip." I mean, it, it's not too hard to, to 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 mold the hypothetical and create that pitch if you're Oregon. So Jeremiah McClellan, certainly a guy that Oregon would love to add in this 24 class, uh, without a doubt. Could could mention other guys like Ryan Pelham uh, as well as he's committed to USC Xavier Jordan. He's committed to USC, but both those guys have LA written all over them. So I, I don't foresee them flipping anytime soon. Another guy that we're going to talk about our final recruit in Oregon's five flip candidates for the 2024 recruiting class is Draper, Utah corner Canyon, offensive tackle, Isaiah Garcia. Isaiah Garcia recently transferred into Corner Canyon, the Utah powerhouse, and he also recently announced his commitment to Kyle Whittingham in the in-state Utes. So why am I listing Oregon here? There's a couple of different reasons. I think we could start with Oregon's pipeline into the state of Utah. Utah is a state that has been very, very kind to Oregon in recent years. Look no further than Panay Sewell, who won the Outland Trophy at Oregon. developed into a first round NFL draft pick for the Detroit lions. Then his younger brother, Noah also from the state of Utah. Um, Of course uh, these two brothers moved to Oregon from American Samoa. Sorry, moved to Utah from American Samoa uh, earlier on, but they are products of the state of Utah. So Noah Sewell had a pretty strong career at Oregon. He became an NFL draft pick. Jeffrey Bossa is looking like he's going to be one of the biggest pieces of Oregon's defense here in 2023 he was a safety that the ducks signed out of Kearns high school in utah back in the 2021 cycle and then you also have jackson powers johnson out of corner canyon high school who committed to oregon and is now looking like the top candidate for oregon's uh center this year to follow in the steps of alex Forsyth. so you have Not only do you have that pipeline to the state of Utah, you also have a super strong tradition of pumping out NFL offensive linemen. And I think that's something that would surely resonate uh, with Isaiah Garcia. And then the other part you also have is Oregon was a finalist in this recruitment. I think he made his decision from a top four of Oregon, Utah, USC, and Stanford. And this was a recruitment that had quite a few twists and turns throughout I was told earlier on back in the fall that that was looking like an Oregon versus USC battle. Then it was looking like, and that USC had the slight edge. Then I was told that that Oregon looked like they were going to be in a really good spot. And then Stanford threw their hat in the ring and kind of got in the mix. They actually hosted Garcia on campus for a visit. I think it might've been his last visit before his uh, eventual commitment to Utah. But this is, this is one that had a lot of twists and turns and it was wild. So I think Isaiah Garcia committing to Utah as the state's number one player isn't that much of a shock. And frankly, it might be something that we see become more more uh, common now that Kyle Whittingham and the Utes have really solidified themselves um, with back-to-back Pac-12 championships. And I think that they're kind of a school that could really benefit from kind of putting more effort into recruiting and, and getting more of these big-time guys like Garcia because they've always – Always been a team that does more with less. So, all that said, there's another reason that I'm listing Isaiah Garcia here, and it has to do with Oregon's offensive line hall here in the 2024 class. You have Devin Brooks on the interior, you have Trent Ferguson as a tackle, you have uh, Fox Crater as a tackle, and Jaquan McRoy as a tackle. Um, which would make you think just looking at the numbers that Oregon probably has a little bit more of a pressing need on the interior, looking for a guy who can maybe be a center. And I don't think Garcia necessarily falls into that. Obviously, he's listed as a tackle, but there are a couple other guys that Oregon's still going after in this 24 class that are uncommitted. You're looking at IMG Academy offensive lineman um, Jordan Seaton, who recently transferred in from St. John's in Washington, D.C., I believe is where his last stop was. He's an interior offensive lineman that is reportedly expected to visit Oregon for the USC game in November. So maybe he would be more of a priority than Isaiah Garcia. And then you also have Eddie Pierre Lewis out of uh, the Tampa area, um, Tampa Catholic in Florida. He's an interior offensive lineman who has been mentioned along with Oregon and Oklahoma in his recruitment. He's reportedly expected to take a visit with the ducks in the fall as well. And he's an interior. So those are two guys that you could see absolutely being a priority, maybe a bigger priority than Isaiah Garcia also have to mention the nation's number one, offensive tackle Brandon Baker out of Santa Ana modern day. He has been billed as a must get recruit for Oregon. I have my prediction on Oregon for Brandon Baker. Um, He's a, you know, he's a legacy. His brother played for Oregon but it was also a, a deal of it made too much sense for Brandon Baker to go to Oregon and, and Oregon and Dan Lanning did a great job of alleviating any concerns with com- too much comfort or it making too much sense for him to go to Oregon, but some newer developments right now, it's looking like he's going to be taking a visit out to Nebraska in the near future. Didn't make it out to Eugene this summer, but I think part of that is because he's just so familiar with Oregon. He's been here so many times, but you also have schools like Texas, schools like Ohio state that are kind of beginning, kind of starting to get mentioned more and more in Brandon Baker's recruitment. So I list Garcia here in the event that Brandon Baker commits elsewhere and you want another tackle. I think that Isaiah Garcia is one of your top options, seeing that he had Oregon as a finalist comes from Utah and is a high profile player. Um, Utah is an emerging state when it comes to producing college talent and guys that end up going to the NFL. But I think that in the trenches is probably one of the safest areas you can go. If you're looking at uh, potential ducks from the state of Utah. So I don't, I think Garcia might be a little bit of a wild card to throw in there. Um, And maybe a guy that I don't think Oregon will stay as involved with um, compared to some of these other guys, but I think he's definitely worth a mention. So that'll do it for us here on the Ducks Dish podcast. Appreciate you guys tuning in. A couple of important reminders before you go. Make sure to lock in with me on all social media platforms. I'm at Sports on Twitter and on Instagram. And then you can subscribe to my YouTube channel where I post every episode of the podcast at Oregon Football Max Taurus and hit that notification bell so you don't miss out on any future uploads or future live streams. And then you can also read my written work over on DucksDigest.com, covering Oregon football and Oregon recruiting over there uh, in the print print media, print platform. So with all that being said, thanks for taking some time out of your day to stop by and talk some ball with me, talk some Ducks recruiting. and uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the
0: Planet Premier League Podcast.